Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji. With me is Patrick. How are you doing, boy? <laughs> I've been looking forward to that. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, man. Yeah, it's good to meet you. Everyone loves the intro. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some bad ones going around, some pretty dodgy podcast intros. But that one's it's memorable, it's kind of sharp, it's quick. I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, the inspiration really came from uh, the group of guys that I kind of played fan tracks with, started my Playtoga days with, right? Um, mm. it, it's funny, like, I, I don't think a lot of people know the background behind our name as well, but the reason Banter Boys came up is we with the same group of lads, we have multiple WhatsApp chats, as, as any mm. close group of friends do right you have a whatsapp mm, chat sure. for different things so one of them was called top banter um which was just basically all sports the other one was called boys on earth because we were a collection of individuals spread across the globe that just stayed mm. in touch so i was like when i made the pot i was just like i talk to you guys all the time why don't i just make the thing called banter boys so yeah that's the birth of it anyways the listeners aren't here to listen to me they're here to listen to you patrick so let's start things off with our fan introduction tell us your name your twitter handle the club that you're representing tonight where you're from and a little bit about what you do yeah i'll be happy to do that so uh yeah thank you for listening guys uh, i'm patrick um the reason my voice is is extra deep is because i'm i'm in japan uh, at the moment um well yeah i'm, I'm living in japan um, been here for about 10 years or so. Uh, and I guess due to the time difference, uh, San, Sanji, you're, what is it? Eight, eight o'clock? Eight, eight o'clock. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've, um, kind of got my, dragged myself out of bed. I've managed to get some water on my face, water on my hair, drag a comb through my hair. I've got the Vissel Kobe shirt on, more importantly. So Sanji was very impressed with that earlier on. Um, uh, Twitter, Zippy Patrick, that's what I am on there, or Vissel at Patrick is, is what I, I sometimes go as. Um, Big fan of the J League, uh, big fan of uh, Vissel Kobe. So you, you never know, there may be like a like a J League equivalent of this going around at some point. Bit of a bit of a sticky subject. Obviously, you've got Bournemouth there in the title, and yeah, today I'll be focusing on that. I'm, I'm more than happy to do that, and I do have that allegiance absolutely. So I was born um, just outside of Bournemouth in in Christchurch, uh, just like a, a small town. Um, I guess my family wasn't really that into uh, football growing up, so, um, but I, I kind of went along to football practice. And uh, I saw all the kids were wearing shirts, so I was like, I need to pick one of these. And I ended up on, hush, hush, Man- Manchester United. I ended up on Manchester <laughs> United. Um, but then my, uh, so I started to watch them on the TV, but that was kind of far from Bournemouth, right? So um, my dad started taking me to, to Bournemouth after that, um, which was, yeah, my local team. They were what? What was it? Uh, Premiership. Championship, Division one, Division League two, One, League it was, Two. It was, yeah, pre-championship. Yeah. Oh, pre-championship. Like, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. Would, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 31 years old, so I don't want to make out that I'm a dinosaur <laughs> or anything. But yeah, so uh, they were right, you know, bottom, of, lowest of the low, pretty much in the football league table um, at the time, and I, I never would have guessed, never in a million years, that they would have climbed through the leagues like that. It's it's been insane. I mean, I remember getting promoted to League One was a big deal because um, they were like a yo-yo side down there in the lower lower end of the football league table, the pyramid, and then championship and, yeah, you know, Premier League happened after that. Um, I, I would say, yeah, Man U, Bournemouth and Vissel all have a, a very strong place in my heart, I'll say. But I'll, I'll try to stick to, to Bournemouth today. <laughs> for sure. Well, I, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, sacrificing your sleep to inform the listeners, everything Bournemouth and chat everything uh fan tracks as well so excited to get this chat started so listeners welcome back to another inside track series this series has been all about interviewing managers in our fan tracks community and each one represents one of the 20 clubs in the premier league for the 23-24 season if you're new to this The typical format for these episodes have been, we've got three segments, a general discussion where we talk about impact of new manager or ownership, which is quite relevant for this episode. Uh, Next one, we talk about previous season's performance, new season's expectations, old system versus new system, basically the impact of new transfers. Then we look at like expected formations, starting 11, impact of Afghan or Asian Cup. And then obviously we're going to talk fan tracks. We're going to get Patrick's first pick from Bournemouth his next three picks, and at least one hidden gem. And then finally, we'll pick his brain as an experienced Fantrax manager with regards to trading, maybe fab, but also lessons learned over the past few seasons of playing this game. 
All right, let's get started. So before I let you get into the spiel about the ownership and managerial change, just to kind of catch listeners up as to what kind of happened last season, just a quick few highlights. Um, they st- uh, Bournemouth started the season with Scott Parker. Uh, unfortunately, he only lasted four game weeks. His last game was the 9-0 loss to Liverpool. He was fired on August the 30th. And then in comes Gary O'Neill. I would say underrated and immediately given odds to get the sack or get relegated, but he keeps them up. Premier League survival, I want to say with a few games to spare, um, he ended the season with like a 29% win rate, but I feel like that's a bit skewed given the fact that once Bournemouth secured promotion, they kind of just chilled, you know, not nothing really to play for. But Patrick, I'm going to let you give the listeners the real lowdown as to what it was like to be a Bournemouth fan last season. Mm, that, that, that was nicely put. I think uh, they were really uh, well and truly on the beach at that point. I think they had the points in the bag. Um, there was some real dross at the bottom of the league. I mean, I, I think Leeds were looking really rough last year. Who else went down? It's it's a Leicester. Leicester, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ex- Southampton, extraordinarily bad. Yeah, Southampton. Yeah, yeah, not great. So um, they they had the uh, they had the ability. They had some breathing room there eh, to just take a take a break for a few weeks. Um, which is probably ultimately what lost O'Neill his job, right? Well, what cost him his job, I, I kind of feel. Um, the, the timing of this episode is very apt because I know he just got appointed as the Wolves manager. Oh, right? it's which confirmed. Wow. Yeah, I, okay, I believe okay. so. It's almost, it's almost there, yeah. What a, um, what a brilliant way to timestamp it. Yeah, listeners, I, I really should timestamp our episodes, but we're recording on Wednesday the 9th of August. I'm assuming it's Thursday the 10th of August where you are, Patrick, mm. right? <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I, I think the reception to um, him being hired at Wolves is is kind of mixed, uh, to yeah. put it kindly. I think a lot of people, it's going from um, the previous manager, was it Lopetegui? Yeah, uh, Lopetegui, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, of course, is, yeah, he's just really well respected in the game. Um, whereas Gary O'Neill is, is kind of an up and coming manager. He's got a very dour face, I would say. He's, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he doesn't inspire confidence initially, just from when you look at him. And I guess on the pitch, I just about remember him playing for Portsmouth and he was kind of solid, but unremarkable, I guess. Um, but even so, just going back to, back to Bournemouth, he, um, did some really good things. Did some really good things. I, I mean, I, I think Scott Parker got Bournemouth out of the championship. Yeah. And you've got to respect him for that. Um, uh, obviously, there's the whole thing about them having the, the huge parachute payments, and um, there's often the teams that come up and down, right? So it wasn't um, an unthinkable feat or anything like that, but it, it was a good achievement, and they were solid that year. Um, and I mean, what, what has he gone on to after that? He he, went he managed, managed a Champions League team, if I'm not mistaken. Like I remember yeah, yeah, watching yeah, yeah. In, watching the Belgium, Champions League, right? and I was just like, "Is that Scott Parker <laughs> in the dugout?" Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Dressed immaculately, right? I, I have to say, um, yeah, one of the other podcasts I listen to, the Football Ramble, they say one of the hosts says that he um, dresses like a World War II fighter pilot. He's got that kind of... Because <laughs> he has the stripes on his arm and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was right, at Club right, right. Bruges, if I, if I remember correctly. Ah, yeah. Yes, okay, that's the one. That's the one. He's, he's got a good aesthetic going on, I guess. Um, yeah, management skills are kind of a little hit and miss, but um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be managing in, uh, in Saudi Arabia in no time. Yeah. That kind of... That kind of dude. Um, yes, just, just going back to, to Bournemouth, a new manager has come in, of course. Um, Andoni Iraola. Um, how was my pronunciation to that? Yeah, fantastic. Better you? than what I would have attempted, to be honest. <laughs> so he was just appointed in, in June. Um, Spanish guy. Um, he, I, I say guy. Uh, he did three years at uh, Rao Vallecano, uh, who came up, uh, when they went up to La Liga from whatever the second division is called there, uh, in the playoffs in, in 2021. Um, it's interesting that they hired him on the same day that O'Neill was fired. So yeah. a lot of people th- thought that was kind of callous. That was a little bit heartless. But clearly, um, he was he was someone who they had in mind for a while. Yeah. Uh, I guess that his highlights from there um, got got a couple of good finishes in, um, in in La Liga with them. I think the highest was was tenth okay. uh, last season. Uh, they had a cup run to the the semis um, at the Copa del Rey, where they were beaten by. Uh, Betis 3-2. Um, I think he was very close to joining Leeds a few months back, uh, right when they were kind of fighting at the bottom of the table. Didn't happen. I think he was all for it, but then um, his club actually didn't didn't let him go. Um, 
Yeah, I, I've got a couple of notes about the manager himself. Shall yeah, I? yeah, definitely. Um, let's let's it. go straight into it before we we can touch on the ownership after you talk about um, Irola yeah. for a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Sure, sure, of course. So, um, I, yeah, I must confess, I, I've watched all of Manchester United's friendlies uh, this uh, <laughs> this summer. Um, Bournemouth friendlies, it's mostly been a highlights job, I have to say. Um, I, I don't know if you would be able to watch the full match live in England if there's a way to do that. Um, perhaps that there is a way to do it. Yeah, remotely from Japan as well, but just just hadn't really had the time to do it. But having watched the friendlies, um, I mean, some things that I I, I found online uh, with the people say he has a high risk, high reward um, style of playing. He plays with a lot of width uh, in his teams. Um, heavy metal football is something that came up, which is obviously something you associate with Klopp. Yeah. So I just wrote down in kind of uh, in, in in brackets that Klopp liked. He's kind of like a yeah, Aldi version of Klopp, you might say. I'm, I'm not sure if that's fair. I'm not sure. Um, it's interesting how the the reception to him uh, differs depending on what social media platform you look at. On Twitter, the Bournemouth fans are actually, they, they seem pretty up for it. They seem um, very supportive and they, they accept that it's quite ambitious. If you go on uh, like the Sky Sports channel, where I guess there's a lot of neutral fans, I think the top voted comment was, uh, this is how teams mess up and go back to the championship. So clearly, neutral fans are kind of in Gary O'Neill's corner. They've got a lot of sympathy for him, um, which yeah, I think justifiably so. But uh, I'm, I'm feeling kind of optimistic, um, yeah, about about the new season in some ways. Yeah, I, I mean, football can be a very cruel sport, right? Um, I mean, obviously, we we like the good feeling of you know a good story where he kind of took over, kept them up, and all that sort of stuff. But I mentioned it on a previous episode. Like at the same time, it's also a business for some people, right? Um, and they're just trying to make sure the club is successful and stays in the Premier League um, for an- mm. yet another season, right? Um, mm. So I'm I'm very curious to see um, how uh, Klopp, uh, you know, two point oh. Uh, survives at Bournemouth uh, it's going to be very interesting but in terms of like to touch on the ownership stuff is there anything that maybe changed in the hierarchy that the average football fan may have missed over the uh, past few months right 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 uh, well I think a lot of people will be familiar with the fact that there was a there was a big takeover um, and I say big it's big by Bournemouth standards yeah. I mean I, I have it um, listed as a hundred million pound plus um Acquisition, I guess, by uh, the name that keeps going around. I guess he's fronting it is American investor Bill Foley. Um, yeah, I've seen interviews with him, and he he's kind of an older older gent. Obviously, he um, seems to yeah he's convinced a lot of Bournemouth fans. I think he's in their good books at the moment. But as you said, things can change quickly in football. Um, one of the first interviews he did talking about Bournemouth, he um, called himself a dictator. He likes to be a dictator. Um, for things kind of around the club, um, which, yeah, kind of struck fear into my heart for a second. There. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess, yeah, powerful people are not always the, the kind of most amiable types, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously there's the, is it Michael B. Jordan? Michael yeah. B. Jordan, the actor who... Yeah. Um, he played Killmonger in uh, Black Panther, if anyone's a Marvel fan. Right. <laughs> right, right, sure, sure. And he had the big role in The Wire, which I haven't seen. Exactly, so, yeah, he, yeah, another yeah, great yeah, show. I need, to, <laughs> I need to see it. But um, I mean, that's a, that's a big trend in football, isn't it? Obviously, I, I think Wrexham is a bit of an exception because yeah. those guys are really in, in, involved in the day-to-day running. But otherwise, there's yeah, a lot of kind of people just up there for the posters and for the, yeah, like a Tom Brady Birmingham City job uh, most recently. They're kind of just there for the, the tweets, I guess. Um, yeah, they, they seem very ambitious, though. The new the new ownership. Um, my dad takes his dogs for a walk uh, in uh, just a place twenty or thirty minutes uh, away from the stadium, and uh, they're building a huge new training complex okay. there. And that's um, that's really uh, he kind of goes there a few times a week, and he always takes pictures and send them to, uh, sends them to me. So um, they're putting a lot of money into the club, relatively speaking, of course, by by yeah, um, Bournemouth standards, I guess. And there were a few signings, right, um, towards the end of last year. Uh, yeah. Some of them worked out really well, I, I think you could say. Some of them less so. Yeah, That's yeah. how transfers go. Definitely. Mm. I mean, it, touching on that, it, uh, it's a perfect transition because I did want to ask you about some of your January signings mainly um, that came mm. into the club during the season. Uh, so I'll start with a name that I think 
a lot of fan tracks managers would be familiar with, Danga Uatara. Um, he seemed to have quite a good ghost point potential, always an exciting outlet for Bournemouth's, let's say, counter-attacks even. What were your thoughts on his impact last season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't have his goals and assists um, listed on there, but I, I think it was it was definitely positive. He maybe didn't didn't hit the ground uh, running quite as quickly as, as some people thought he would, um, but it, ultimately he was uh, contributing. There were a few bench starts in there as well. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah to be yeah. honest, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there were some more of those going forwards, which um, people might not expect. I know he's one of the likely candidates to be picked first in the draft. Um, I should say, uh, just an interesting tidbit, he's a big hit with the Japanese fans. Dango oh, really? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason being that Dango is uh, like a kind of sweet rice cake in, in Japanese. So you've okay. got Dango and Oatara means like uh, the end of something, I guess. So the end of sweet rice cake. I mean, just, I'd uh, be a happy person at the end of a, a sweet rice cake, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, right? I know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, he's he's an exciting one to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's, it's just strange about the bench starts, right? I um, yeah, I, I'd be a bit concerned about that from a, a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I was an owner last season, and I definitely had to make a note of uh, having a, a starting forward or a backup forward or some sort of a rotational piece because I thought yeah. he was too good of an asset to drop into the waiver pool or free agency pool mm. because some other in-tuned um, manager will definitely grab him because we do know his his threat, right? I mean, only one mm. goal, I think, and three assists last season. I feel like he mm. could have gotten more, but in a January window playing for Bournemouth, I mean, no insult to Bournemouth as a football club or whatnot, but in terms of the impact that he had, um, just by the eye test alone, he was quite an exci- exciting player to watch. So mm. another name I want to touch on, um, Matthias Vigne. I uh, I believe he was a, a left-sided defender. Seemed to attack quite a lot. Had an eye for goal as well. Uh, do you think he's going to be relevant for next season? Like I, I remember the goals more than anything with him. He, he hammered a couple home. Like, yeah. I think in consecutive games he got he got a few ga- uh, yeah maybe two or three goals in there, and none of them were were tap-ins. They were really kind of excellent finishes. Um, I, did he sign permanently? I I, I feel he might. He was online from Roma, was it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he signed permanently because I didn't see any confirmed uh, news on him. Uh, I mean, yeah. I can check that really quickly. Give me one sec. We um, I, I know we brought in. Um, there's another left back which we'll go on to talk about a little bit later. Who's yeah. coming young for quite a lot of money, which makes me. Yeah, I suspect that he will not sign permanently yeah so i think he's at sassuolo now um so yeah he probably did leave because i'm pretty sure and we're eventually gonna get to a few of these names but i think you guys did sign some replacements so yeah maybe there's Mm. a chance that he doesn't come back but i thought he was absolutely brilliant on his day um Mm. scored good points as well uh so yeah i mean definitely i think a player that we might miss so why don't we touch on then a player another player that had an amazing impact. Uh, probably the best of the three that we're going to uh, chat about from the January window. Hamitrari, an absolute ghost point machine. Um, <laughs> I mean, sure, his Fantrax career was short-lived, I want to say. He only ended up, I think, playing, what was it, seven games or something like that? But still averaged around eight and a half points per game in the default scoring. Um, can you maybe touch a little bit on Hamad? Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's, <laughs> he, uh, uh, initially, he was the guy who impressed me the most of the three, I have to say. Yeah, he, um, he's quite, quite a small guy. I don't, don't have his height um, at hand, but he, he kind of ghosts past people, um, to say that. Um, again, maybe not the goals and assists there, but yeah, a lot of good dribbles, a lot of, um, forward passes were in there. Um, I, I, I liked him a lot. I think he picked up an injury, uh, for a month or two, and then he was on the bench. Um, ever after that, really, I, I think yeah, I've got it written in my notes here. There's a couple of forgotten men at Bournemouth, and I think he'd be a good example of that. I think yeah. um, haven't really his average draft position must be quite low, quite low, I'm guessing. But it's not not a bad shout. Someone to keep an eye on. Um, he may get starts. I mean, I, I was trying to put together my formation and the best starting eleven. I I don't know if he's going to be in that. I don't know if he's going to be in that at least initially. But if he can impress off the bench, then I think we may see him kind of come into the side. Uh, I'm not sure how much the new manager is going to rotate. Um, I'll keep an eye on that. But he's, he's one to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of average draft position, uh, currently sitting at 119.55. So I would say maybe end of the 10th round, start of the 11th in a 12-person mm. league. Um, and he's the sec, uh, I guess the Bournemouth player that is going second from the club. Um, so yeah, I, I guess people still remember, um, what his points output were, but yeah, that, the fact that he's not part of your starting eleven it, it makes it very interesting. Um, is he fit at the moment? Has he played preseason? Are you aware of that? I I can say that he hasn't been on the score sheet. He hasn't got <laughs> yeah. goals and assists because I've, I've got the names of the folks that that have done that. Um, I'll have to I have to check that. I I don't know that he he is injured. I don't think he had the little red flag on his uh, on his name on on fan tracks, did he? So I'm presuming he's he's okay. There's just it's just competitive in those spots. Okay, cool. Um, so then what we'll do is look at the current transfer window. Um, so mm. uh, like we touched on, Hamed Traore, he, uh, he's been a permanent transfer in from Sassuolo. So in terms of other transfer in, uh, one name that is getting thrown around a lot and I'm seeing a lot in drafts recently, the Hungarian uh, Milos Kirkes, if I'm not mm. mistaken, um, mm. came in from AZ Alkmar. What can you tell us about him? Right, exactly. That's um, I was just saying before we started recording. There's a couple of names I had to research the, the pronunciation of. One of them was Andoni Iraola. Um, yeah, let me know in the in Twitter how I did with that. I, I, hopefully, <laughs> I did okay. Uh, and it is, yeah, I, I had Milos Kerkes or something along those lines, um, which sounds more kind of Spanish or Portuguese. Yeah, but, a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure about his heritage exactly, but um, yeah, just some stats I had. He's, he's a 19 year old Hungarian. He's now playing. Um, for the, for the national team. 52 games last season for Alkmaar, which I found pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, that's, that's quite a shift. Uh, five goals, seven assists in that time as well. And in, in the Eredivisie, uh, from the fullback position. Yeah. He plays left back. And I can't, you know, especially with Vinia gone, I can't yeah. see him not starting for Bournemouth. He's, he's almost a nailed on starter. Um, just looking for some information about the play. He says he models his game on, Alfonso Davies, which is oh, wow. quite a quite a compliment. Yeah, um, it's quite quite a com- comparison, right? Um, I think he. I mean, something I wrote down here is is stepping stone move. I think Bournemouth. Uh, we may see them become that kind of team where they bring in yeah. players uh, not for five or six million, but it may be fifteen. Um, yeah. that's been the, the number we've paid a couple of times this summer. And I guess they'll have a couple of amazing seasons and then they'll try and try and maybe double that um, with a move to a, a bigger team. Um, uh, he's exciting. He seems like an exciting player. Um, I would always be a little bit cautious about getting a Bournemouth defensive asset uh, just because um, I, I think was it, they had about 70, 70 goals against last season, yeah. which is one of the highest in the league. So you've always got those goals against points. But uh, if there's a clean sheet, you're, you're pretty much golden. You're looking... You're looking good. You're sitting pretty if um, if they can get a, a get a clean sheet out of there. Um, attacking returns, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, I'm just thinking if you've got Kiefer Moore off the bench, maybe up front, uh, whipping balls into him. Um, if Solanke can uh, decides he feels like finishing a shot once in a while, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you might might get those returns. Yeah, um, I mean, again, to touch on the defensive uh, numbers, like the goals conceded, only two clubs conceded more goals than uh, Bournemouth, which was Southampton and Leeds, two of the clubs to go down. So it'll be interesting if Kirkus can, you know, put up enough ghost points to counteract um, any goals that uh, Bournemouth might concede on that day. Um, so yeah, w- definitely one to keep an eye on. And uh, a lot of managers are definitely drafting him. I'll tell you that much. Um, so mm. there are a couple of other names and I'm not sure sure how relevant they are and i'll let you um maybe say whether or not you know enough to, to talk about them uh one of them mm. is romaine uh five favorite mm. uh, again mm. you're gonna have to mm. help me with the pronunciation yeah. <laughs> well i'm gonna go with with uh Favre, but Favre. i'm not sure okay. if, if how that is um yeah we we signed this guy um for it wasn't cheap it's more than 10 million maybe 12 million something like that 13 million it is um, so I thought, okay, uh, with maybe Lerma gone, he might be fitting into the center of, of midfield or something along those lines. 
Uh, however, we uh, he was signed from Lyon, mm. uh, one of the big hitters in in France. Obviously, uh, they have immediately loaned him back to Lorient, oh, uh, which I thought was a, okay. it, I thought that was a bit sus for the season. Yeah. So I, I don't know. To it's going to be kind of rough if we get relegated there, and then he has to come to the championship. But that's that's the the risk they're playing. Um, looking into why that's happened. Um, I just typed in uh, Bill Foley and uh, Lorion. He is a uh, he has a minority stake. In ah, the there you go. There's so, always some business connection, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> These days, now more than ever, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's um, irrelevant for this year. It's more the other signing that I, I would probably focus on. Yeah, there's what there's been three thus far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other name that I'm seeing is Andre Radu. Came in from Internazionale Milano, so basically Inter Milan. Okay, he, I, I believe he's the goalkeeper. He's a, okay. like a yeah, younger goalkeeper. Is he? I'm not sure if he's on loan, but I... Uh, yeah, he's on loan. Would, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm yeah, assuming I, he's I'm, like backup then. Yeah, I'm, I'm think, I, I mean, I, I like Neto a lot uh, yeah. in, in Neto. Yeah. I think he's, uh, he's, he's, he's solid. Um, like in my FIFA career, I've got him signed as a Manchester, <laughs> as a backup keeper. Um, <laughs> In there, I think he's he's solid and he's got really good leadership qualities. That the one you've actually missed, well, missed there, I guess, is is Clivert, right? Justin Clivert. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in there. So just just to talk about him briefly, yeah, left winger. Um, obviously, the family name kind of weighing heavy on his, his yeah the back of his shirt there. Um, his dad was uh, my namesake. Uh, was an, an incredible player. Um, yeah, so I, I uh, was looking at some montages last night when I should have been going to bed because it's kind of <laughs> an early start. So, but I, those montages are looking pretty tasty, I have to say. He's um, an, a very exciting player. Obviously, the montages, they focus on the good bits, right? And the, the good is, is very good, um, I would say. Um, they were showing highlights from his time at um, uh, Valencia last season, uh, 29 games, 8 goals. Um, he's a, a left winger, but I was seeing uh, right foot finishes, left foot finishes. A lot of them, he was breaking past the, the last defender and kind of finishing one on one. There were, yeah, he was running onto crosses at other times. Uh, yeah, he uh, has had a couple of loans. His, his career has been interesting. He started off at Ajax. Um, his first season, I think he had thirty six appearances, eleven goals. So that was really promising back in uh, seventeen eighteen. A um, little bit of a, a quieter season after that, and then he moved to, I think, off that, was it uh, Roma he was at? Yeah, Roma, £15 million move. Um, maybe struggled a little bit to adapt in Italy at times, and he had a couple of loans after that as well, Leipzig, uh, Nice, um, they, which were kind of decent, but he's, he's uh, he was at Valencia last season where he seems to really have, have impressed. Um I, I would have relatively high hopes for him this season. Um, you never know how a player exactly is going to adapt to the to the Premier League, but I think his attributes are really exciting. He's going to be the kind of player, hopefully, to get the um, 200 Bournemouth fans at the stadium off their seats. Uh, no, it's, it's closer to, what, 8,000, 9,000, I think, isn't it? But, yeah, um, he's going to be taking minutes off um, some, of the, some of the boys we're probably going to talk about a little bit later, some of the guys who have been drafted. I think he's... He must be a starter. Yeah, surely. I'd expect so. Um, but yeah, definitely big, big name pull over there for sure. And don't, don't you um think that I didn't catch your dad joke about uh, Neto in yeah. in goal? <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, yeah, you. <laughs> so, um, I mean, given the, uh, given all these transfers and everything like that, I mean, if you look back to last season, uh, you ended up finishing. What was it? Uh, 16th, 17th? No, 15th. 15th is what 15th. I, yeah, yeah, 15th. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, so, mm. Um, what would your expectations be for next season then? Yeah, it's it's um it's an interesting one. Um, I think, uh, yeah, to go along with the manager's philosophy, it's, it's kind of a high-risk, high-reward style of games. I would expect to lose maybe not 9-0 territory, maybe not, yeah. not like the, the Liverpool game. I think we had a couple of other very, very heavy defeats as well. Maybe not not to that extent, but I think we'll we'll get plenty of losses. To, to be fair, I think we'll we'll get those in. Um, I think the danger is that we're going to play beautiful football, but maybe not not score the goals because the other uh, other teams around uh, well, the other teams trying to play the same kind of football just have better players in the positions. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, I guess what's um, giving me hope is looking at the promoted teams. I'm looking at Luton. Sheffield United and Burnley, uh, Burnley, yeah, 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 Burnley. With maybe them being the exception, um, I think we're we're better than those teams. Um, 
Wolves, I think, are kind of struggling really struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Everton are still not really. Yeah, at it. a couple of good signings. Uh, of course, Dan Juma, who I was as a Bournemouth fan, I was really hoping he yeah. would come back. Yeah, um, he seems reluctant to do that. I mean, it yeah. seems like yeah, coming to Bournemouth would be a safer bet than going back going to Everton. Yeah, right? but uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be. I guess wasn't to be. But yeah. I, if I had to put a number on it. 15th kind of feels right for Bournemouth yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I think it's going to be very tough to break the top 10. Yeah. But I think anywhere from from between maybe uh, from between maybe 12 to 15 would be what they're targeting for this season. Okay. Yeah. That's that sounds about right, I would say. Okay. So, uh now uh, are there any other uh players or transfers you want to talk about before we move into like expected formation starting 11? No, uh, that that's that's all I've got at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So if the season starts tomorrow, I mean it's basically starting in forty-eight hours. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, let's say Bournemouth were the first um, fixture for um, this game week that's starting. Um, what would your starting eleven be, uh, and what sort of formation would you expect? Right. Of course. Yeah. It's it's a it's a really good question. Um, yeah, we spoke about some of the new signings, and I think there are at least two of them. Clivert, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Kirkes and Clivert are going to be in the eleven. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and there's been some, some gossip. I mean, there's a lot of gossip around West Ham. I think Harry Maguire has just gone there. Yeah. Uh, Solanke is kind of getting. Some yeah, West Ham I saw whispers. the links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, that was always my fear with him. I didn't think he was going to get a big step up move, but maybe a, a sideways move to a richer team um, yeah i suspected that might happen and they were very rich with that rice money yeah um, yeah and the european uh, european conference uh league winnings as well right but if you know yeah. for a team that achieved that much last season i they've really disappointed this season i mm. mean uh fans would have listened to our inside track series with fletch a west ham fan and a lot of our friends messaged us often was like fletch are you okay you sound so sad like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i mean it would be very sad to see Solanke leave Bournemouth, but assuming he stays, um, would he be part of your starting eleven? I think he'd have to be in there. Yeah, I, I guess what I have at the moment is, um, uh, yeah, I mean Lerma's gone, so he was pretty much a, a mainstay in the team. That's one of the bigger changes you'll see. Neto, uh, I believe, will be the, the starting goalkeeper. You, you're going to have Kirkes on the left side, um, Sanessi. Uh, here comes the second pronunciation one. Uh, Zabani, Zabani yeah, is the yeah. uh, Ukrainian defender, and um, somehow Adam Smith. He's just, just he keeps on keep, uh, <laughs> keeping his place in the team year after year. Um, it's like Coleman or Milner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a very uh, unlikable player um, for other teams. Um, he's just got tons of experience. Uh, he's very aggressive on the pitch, and he's a, a a bit of a shithouser, I would say. He, um, <laughs> he really riles up the opponents, and with his baby blue eyes, he's, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's um, yeah, I would ex- still expect him probably to start a lot of games, if not, if not every game. And I, th- I think ahead of the four defenders, it, I'm imagining it's going to be a two-three-one. So, um, in front of him, obviously, there's no, there's no Lerma anymore. So, I think Cook might start to get a little bit more playing time, depending on if the the new manager fancies him, Lewis Cook, who I. Um, I have to say, I know he's a he had a good role. Was it with the under twenty ones? I, I think yeah. he's a little bit overrated, certainly by the co commentator who I always listen to on um, on the feed that I get. I guess I, I think he's um, a little bit overrated, but yeah. I think he'll get more starts. Billing maybe there or thereabouts, he, he'll play. Uh, you've also got Rothwell there as an option, but I, I think yeah, two of those in that kind of position, a little bit deeper. Head of that, uh, I, I think you'll have the three. Um, the combination of, of those players is what interests me, I guess. If we imagine Clivert will be on the left, um, uh, speaking of forgotten men earlier on, David Brooks yeah. um, has been really impressive in pre-season. So um, I, I won't go into too much detail about the fixtures, but uh, we had five matches in pre-season. Um, he's got three goals. Um, there was a 4-0 against Hibernian. He scored in that along with Anthony and two for Billing. Um, there was a 3-2 win against Southampton, which was Dango, Christie and Brooks scoring again. Um, there was a loss against a very good Atlanta team, which, you know, that happens. That's a very high quality opposition yeah. um, in which Senesi got a goal. So if you're a fan tracks player looking for defensive kind of um, goals, yeah, he might. he's probably the, the best option from our central defensive uh, pool, I guess. And against Lorient, yeah, the, um, the team that we do have that connection to, uh, you've got, 
Brooks and, and Kiefer Moore scored. Um, I think he, he, everyone was so happy to see Brooks come back after, yeah. obviously, the what, cancer. Yeah, what a terrible um, time that he went through, right? Uh, yeah, injury yeah. as well. So, yeah there, yeah, there was a lot going on for him. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's been so tough. And, and similar to um, the Dortmund striker, whose name just escapes Sebastian Halle, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing to see such players come back and, and really be at the top of their game again. I, I would say he's not a um, not just there to kind of be a sweet story. I think he's there to play play ball. And uh, United played <laughs> Manchester United played Bournemouth towards the end of last season, yeah. and he was just running rings around some of the United guys at that time. Yeah, with a full preseason under his belt. Um, I, I would really be looking at him. I think he's a great player, Brooks. He's he's quite slight, but um, he's very smart, very clever. Um, he doesn't rely on speed as much as some other players. I think he's he's got really good um, skills in in a lot of areas. So I would be I would be looking at him to start. Perhaps not every single match, but I think he'll he'll be in there a lot. But uh, looking at Bournemouth's attacking options, I, I'm starting to like it. I'm starting to like it more and more. I think you've got. Uh, Watara in there, obviously. Dango, my boy Dango, sweet rice cake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten Man Traore is yeah. in there too. Christie um, gets a lot of starts too. Yeah. Tavernier, of course. Tavernier, who had uh, some wonder goals last season. Um, fitness doesn't uh, seems to be a bit of a concern with him. He doesn't last the 90 minutes often. Um, he'll come on on and off at half-time Um yeah, on occasions, which is a, a little bit strange, but I think he's good as a, an impact player. He'll be in there um, as yeah, maybe three of those guys across the attacking midfield with Solanke leading the line. Um, Kiefer Moore, obviously, as an option off the bench. They're, they have Semenyo as well. I think his days are numbered. Yeah. I don't, don't suppose he'll he'll uh, have much of an impact um, at all. But yeah, Kiefer Moore is, is kind of one to remember as well in there, I guess. Okay, so uh, it's interesting with um, the whole uh, options in midfield uh, because I I had a you know, kept an eye on the preseason fixtures and I saw Ryan Christie was playing a lot. He has a number ten mm-hmm. shirt. He got the most key passes for you guys last season with thirty of them, uh, one goal, mm-hmm. two assists to add. Uh, so I'm currently uh, a Christie owner in one of my drafts mm-hmm. that I just completed. So I'm a little concerned. Do you think it's a bit of a watch and see, maybe have a bit of patience with it? Or do you think, um, no, go and grab uh, some nailed starter then? Mm, that's interesting. Yes, I, I think at the moment, especially uh, last time I checked, he was injured on the game. So uh, I mean, kind of jumping ahead to my uh, piece of advice for fantasy players. Uh, it's abuse the injured reserve spot. I, yeah. I don't know if you you have that in your leagues. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I recently found an exploit where you can add about five or six players. It's kind of unlimited the amount of players you can have in there. So my uh, league's commissioner was um, disciplining me on that. And saying, <laughs> I mustn't do that. But uh, yeah, he's currently in my injured uh, injured spot. Oh, so, okay, okay. Um, I've got yeah. I mean, my uh, I'm I'm uh, one one and done. I guess I can say I have one league. I've been invited to many, but I'm no. This is my league. Yeah. I'm sticking to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so the pressure is high. Uh, I've got Clivert, Brooks, and just for depth and for rotation, I've got um, Christie as well. Oh, okay, okay. I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping that works. I'm going to see who who gets the starts and kind of go, go along with it that way. Yeah. I I think no. I, I think Christie. Um, I would keep hold of him for now. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get a whole lot of goals last season. No. Um, no, no very no. Yeah. very few. But yeah, those those attacking passes. Yeah, he's worth worthwhile it uh, worthwhile on that front. I think. Yeah, I, I mean because if you look at like uh, he had a run of games, I want to say with some really good ghost point potential, um, where he was like averaging, I want to say around two key passes between like mm. let's say April fifteenth uh, till May twentieth. If you ignore like the last game of the season, because I want to say that's a bit of a write off. You go to um, Goodison Park, Everton's fighting for their lives, so I don't want to really look at the stats for Bournemouth mm. that day. But yeah, I, mm. I want to say he was averaging maybe eight to nine points per game in that stretch. Mm. So so it, it was definitely something that stuck with me and I was like, okay, maybe he could be like a bit of a late sleeper in a draft. So yeah, I, I agree. Like um, Fantrax is great in terms of having RS spots, but another thing that they're great with is updating their injury status of players as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, th- having that solid red flag or the broken red flag, they do give you like a little bit of a blurb um, talking about, you know, what's happened in the preseason game, et cetera, et cetera. And a bit of a snippet from the interview from the manager. So uh, definitely that is really, really good information to have. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think I'll be patient. Hold on to him. See how game week one goes. If he's on the bench, maybe sash him if I've got other starting players. But if he's not there, do you think maybe it's a possible drop? 
Yeah, perhaps. I mean, if he's not playing, then another player is unlikely to to pick him up. That's yeah. what I found. Yeah. Um, you can you can gamble on that, and I think Billing is another player that that often happens with. Yeah, I would say of all the players in my league, he's the one who um, was passed around the most. <laughs> I guess. Hot potato. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, my my, I've got a, a seven year old uh, son, and um, I guess yeah, all of his his friends at football. You've got Neymar, PSG, Neymar, yeah. Messi, PSG. You've got that, and you've got a Bournemouth Phil Billing, and he's got his Phil Billing shirts on next to them. So he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb there. But I, I, I love watching the guy play. He's such an unusual player, Billing. Um, very tall, but very good with his feet. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, Billing is another one who you can just bring in in and out mm. of the team. I think, especially if you're in, like, yeah, even a league with 10, 10 players, I yeah. think Christy Billing, yeah, they'll be in and out of the the bin as I call it. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, maybe, maybe don't worry too much if you if you do end up dropping him. Okay, lovely. So to touch on Afcon and Asian Cup, I noticed uh, you have two players, um, Hamid Traore of Ivory Coast and Danga Uatara of Burkina Faso. Uh, do you think you guys are going to struggle without their presence or their? I mean, based on the names that you've given and the formation, it seems like there might be options to kind of cover for them. Yeah, it seems to be that way. Um, those are two big names, though. Those are two two pretty key players. Um, so I, I yeah, I'm a, l- a little bit concerned on that front. And they're both attacking um, players as well. So obviously you need them to be contributing the goals and, and assists. Um, I think there's there's cover to some extent, but I guess who covers the cover, right? I guess you'll be bringing in um, a cadet. Well, yeah, youth players, fringe players who who may not be able to deliver from the bench. So um, there there are options. Uh, when those guys go go away, um, yeah, it'll be a miss, and what, they would miss what three or four games potentially, right? Yeah, yeah, a few game weeks. It wouldn't be too bad. And I think if you are a decent enough fan tracks manager, you should be able to stash them on your bench and have a starting player cover them. Mm. Mm. All right. So, um, do you want to touch on anything else before we move into the fan track side of things? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. All right, let's go then. So this is the segment that fans really, truly care about most of all, right? The fan tracks game. Uh, so Patrick, tell us who's your first pick from the Bournemouth lads. Yeah, it's a, a, a an interesting one. As I said, I'm I'm in for one uh, one league only, and uh, that finished last Saturday. Uh, and I believe the first player who went from Bournemouth, it, it was either. Um, it was either Solanke or Kirkes. It was one of the two. Um, personally, if, if yeah, from my opinion, Solanke, I think you know what you're going to get. I don't see him having a kind of 15-goal season um, as much as I'd like to see that. I think his his kind of potential is maybe 10, maybe 10. I, I don't know exactly what he got last season, but he, he's never going to be like a 20, 25-point Harry Kane type strike. He's never gonna, never gonna be that, uh, which is okay. We accept that about him. But um, I actually went for. Is that controversial? I went for Clivert there. <laughs> no, that's um, not not at all. I mean, Solanke yeah. ended up getting, I think, six goals, ten assists last season. So more of an right, assister, right? right? Uh, kind of laid it mm. off for runners, that sort of stuff. So but super valuable. He's really, really valuable to have in there. So, so yeah, like you're saying, uh, Clivert first pick. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a bit of a, I guess, a sleeper pick in that sense, right? Uh, because mm. if you look at, like, the ADP number, he's, like, the fifth person um, going off of Bournemouth. And I think um, other than having that uh, that name recognition, that surname recognition, I don't know if mm. a lot of uh, Fantrax managers are quite confident if he's going to be able to replicate his numbers. But, I mm. mean, mm. that's definitely one to note. Uh, I think if he's free in any of my leagues, I will be keeping an eye on him. What about mm. your name? next three picks from Bournemouth yeah yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll go into that, that now I guess on, on yeah, in terms of Clivert it's really the the montages the YouTube montages have um, have, have done me in there I'm they, they're, they're really good with him <laughs> which is probably why I've picked him at first there but uh, yeah the next three I had uh, Kirk is I, I guess is there at the moment um, again I he's not in my team and there's a mm. there's a reason for that I've um, for the first week at least I've got Neto in my team in goal uh, I believe we're at home to West Ham. We're kind of all over the place at the moment, yeah. still figuring out how they're going to survive post Rice. Um, sounds like I'm on a diet surviving post Rice. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's a sneaky chance of getting maybe clean sheet points there. A lot of shots against from their wayward strikers. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful. Hopeful Neto might get points there. Kirkes, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, I think we mentioned what some of the most goals against, uh, equally some of the fewest goals for last season. I think it was 37 
uh, goals all of last season, so less than a goal a game. Uh, worth noting that's only one less than uh, your team, Chelsea. Sanchez. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that in the notes. I was trying really hard to avoid that, you know. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't going to let you get away with that. But um, yeah, you guys are going to have a, an interesting season. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably, yeah, I'm thinking that the next three, I, what I have written down here is, is Kirkes, Solanke, Watara. I have. Um, but it, it was probably close between Watara and, um, and, and, and Dango there. Yeah, but I, I think the hidden gem is really what I want to get into. Yeah, I, I mean, I like those picks. Definitely, I would back Oatara. Um, he was like, uh, I want to say, a forward three. At times, maybe forward two uh, for me. Mm. Like, I, I mostly, I want to say, I played like a 3-5-2 formation last season on Fantrax. But yeah, uh, I, I liked his ghost point potential. Uh, maybe one or two games, he didn't ghost that well. And it might have made, uh, you know, a Fantrax manager overthink, okay, he's a Bournemouth player. Maybe I should maybe not start him. But I think... I, on his day, he's definitely with the punt. Um, mm-hmm. Solanke as well. Uh, is he on penalties? Would you Would you say? I believe he was last year. Yeah, I yeah, last so. season he was right. So I would expect mm-hmm. him maybe to be on penalties this time around. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a lot of hype around Kirkas. So uh, yeah, definitely ex- excited about that. Um, no love for Phil Billing. Uh, he had like a <laughs> bit of a breakout season. Again, again, he's one of my favourite players to watch from Bournemouth. I, yeah. I love watching the guy play. Um, and I, I think it was a travesty that he didn't get called up to the uh, the Danish squad for the... Was it the past... Sorry, was it... What was the last one? Euros or yeah. World Cup? Whatever World Cup, World Cup. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a travesty. He didn't get called up yeah. for that. But uh, again, I, I, I love the guy. Um, I think he... I'm expecting him to have a slightly quieter season just because of some of the other names in there. I, I think he, he might be a little bit quieter. Um However, I, I think he's he's worth having in there. He's he's going to be in and out of people's teams. He's very droppable, I would say. Um, but yeah, you can pick him up if you're kind of low on options. Um, score some screamers again, uh, much like the, the uh, vineyard we mentioned before. Yeah, he's not a bad option. Yeah. Um, okay, so hidden gems. What have you got up your sleeve? <laughs> Uh, as if it wasn't clear uh, clear enough already from earlier in the show, Brooks, Brooks, Brooks is what I have written in the, in the docket here. I um, I think, can you say, does he pass as a hidden gem? Does he get yeah, a pass there? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he um, he's not just there to make up numbers. He's he's really direct um, and he's looking very sharp in pre-season, admittedly against um, Hibernian, I mean, Southampton and, and, and Lorient. It's not exactly uh, the top of the league teams, but I, I think he could be there to make an impact. And I, I think Tavernier as well. Um, it's tough to say that he's a hidden gem, but uh, he's not going to start every single game. But if you can get him there, uh, if it's against favourable opposition, get some 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 whippies in the top, top corner. He has that in his bag. Um, he scores some wonder goals, so it's n- not a bad bet. Um, I think hidden gem, Kiefer Moore, I also have as one yeah. to consider there. Yeah. Against certain opposition, if they're going to play kind of long and whip balls in, um, he'll get headed goals for days. I mean, he's very, very good at that. So not a, a terrible option um, yeah, on, on his day either. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh, are there any other assets you want to touch on before we move into the final segment of the pod? I would just say, yeah, yeah watch out with the, the defensive assets. I think the centre-backs, they're, they're busy. Centre-backs are very busy, but um, there tends to be a few goals against, so so be wary of that. Um Traore, yeah, I'm hoping hoping for for good things from him. Yeah, Traore, maybe one to keep an eye on. Okay, love it. All right, so Patrick, how long would you say you've been playing the fan tracks slash maybe Togga? Uh, like, we, how we, far yeah, does it yeah. go go back for you? <laughs> we were there for Togga, yeah. We were there in those days. That those those final days, yeah. Um, we've been going for about eight seasons. Oh wow, about eight point oh in our in our title there. Um, and it was really as a way for, um, obviously, some of us guys in Japan to connect. Um, it was, at first, it was mostly ALT, so some of the language teachers here working in, in schools mostly. Uh, but then we would bring in people from kind of different industries and the language teachers would go on to uh, you know, bigger and better things. Uh, not me, I'm still a language teacher, actually. <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, uh, it's, it's kind of been an amazing way to keep us connected. We actually have two, I don't know if this is common, but, but we have two leagues. And okay. it, we've got it as a Division 1 and 2. And from this season... We set up yeah. uh, our league like that this season, actually. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll, let you, I'll let you explain it, though, what you yeah, guys do. It's, a, it's our first time, first time doing it. So uh, last season, we had two teams of 10. And yeah, the top 
I think that maybe the top four teams from both leagues would go through. And then we had a cup competition as well. Uh, and something like that. Yeah, yeah, basically the best teams would go through to Division 1, but lower teams would go to Division 2. Yeah. Um, so it's got the, yeah, a little bit of... Um, yeah, the stakes are kind of high. It's not, not <laughs> yeah. an MLS job here. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's actually re- relegation and pr- promotion there. Um, yeah, we, we've been going on for a while. It's uh, It's been a good way for co- to connect. And it's a really international league we have in there. There's a, a Trinidadian in the league. Oh, really? Okay. Friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, living in Japan. He's kind of a... I wonder if I know him. Right. Well, what's his name? <laughs> his name's Brian. Do you know Brian? Brian, uh, Brian I'm sure there's, there's plenty of Trinidad. Yeah, Brian, maybe. Uh, Brian, so. Brian Charles Laura, a famous cricketer. I hope Brian Laura is oh. not in your in your no, league. <laughs> no, I, I wish. I wish. The PlayStation 1 days, I loved his video games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this isn't cricket fantasy. Either, but, uh, no, we've got um, it's Americans, Canadians. I've yeah, 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 yeah. got a couple of Japanese players as okay. well, which is really that cool is for the first time. Yeah, it, it's, it's diverse it, league. I love how, uh, and I see this, I've been saying this on the past few episode i love how football just connects us like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's truly amazing um so you're exactly. you're definitely a veteran i'm gonna say that um so <laughs> yes. into so i, I want to kind of pick your brain uh from like fan tracks advice etc do you have any experience trading draft picks before your seasons even started before you guys have started the draft itself ah it's interesting i uh before the draft has started before draft trading dra- no i i don't think we've done that to be honest um we're very, we're kind of a, a wary, um, what can I say, skeptical bunch. Yeah. We're, we're very hesitant uh, on the trade front. Yeah. There were very few trades in the league last year. I think probably the whole season there were less than 10 trades. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how different leagues have different attitudes to that. Um, I don't know if you meet with your friends face-to-face and that kind of helps the oil of, of transfers um start flowing i guess but they just don't really happen they don't materialize there's plenty of messages and offers that i receive but it's always why would you why would you try and sell me that guy surely he's a he's a good asset why would you be trying to get rid of him it's yeah. very um yeah a lot more a lot tactical <laughs> yeah 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 I, I don't think i made a single trade last year i've, I've gotten away with a few in the past okay. i think i had a, a legendary one against as i think you might be familiar with with as um oh as japan yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Shout out he, to you, uh, As. Thank you for your support. Yeah, shout out, shout out. <laughs> and to Christian, too. Christian, who got me in touch with, with you, put me in touch with you. Many thanks to him. Um, yeah, I think he was a little bit intoxicated one night. And he, um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, ended up with uh, trying to get my Werner, Timo Werner, who was new in the league, yeah. for Son Hyun Min yeah. and a couple of other fringe players. I made the trade yeah. and Werner stank the place up. Yeah. Son Hyun Min was immense. Yeah. So uh, I always kind of rub that in his in his face from time to time. Oh, what a steal. Um, okay, yeah. so uh, in terms of trading with other managers then, you've kind of touched on, you know, making a trade in the past. Um, what do you kind of use as a metric to to value a trade? Do you look at the form? Do you look at fixtures? You know, proven record? Maybe injury history? Like, what do you use? Hmm. It's a comp- combination of all of those things. I mean, ultimately, I don't make the trades very often, but in terms of um, dropping players and, and trying to move them on, yeah, it, it would be all of those things. Um, I think consistency is always what you're looking for. You're looking for that that floor, I guess you would call it, of seven or eight points at least. Kind of, you, you're trying to get ghost points, I know you'd call them. Um, that, that that's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, I, I think a player like Billing, the highs are highs are quite high, relatively high, but then he has some some lower points in there as well. Yeah. So he's a as I, I've said a few times. Sorry, Phil, if you're listening, I, I doubt he is. But, um, <laughs> Maybe you never know. <laughs> Quite a tra- tradable asset, I think, in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the f- forwards... Yeah, I- I'd like to keep hold of the Bournemouth forwards, but I-, I don't know about you and your leagues, but I just have an abundance of forwards right now. I mean, my lineup is is pretty pretty stacked in that position, so you can only have so many, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you can get, uh, yeah, get a forward, good, de- decent forward in on, on waivers, maybe, and then um, try to move them on for a defender or a mid- midfielder depending on how your squad is looking that might be might be something to consider okay uh so in terms of uh bournemouth assets what are some players that maybe we could consider buying low at some point during the season and then some players that you would consider selling high mm, yeah okay so uh, buying low i've written down that solanke is is quite a, a dependable if unremarkable option i think he gets those shots on target but a lot of them are like the the p rollers they're very very uh, low power you're not likely to get get the goals from him but i i think he's um 
getting better at dribbling too. He's quite a good dribbler these days and hold up players nice. Although that doesn't always equate to, to points. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's the kind of guy I'd like to, maybe this doesn't make sense from a fantasy perspective, but I, I'd like to get him in kind of low if possible. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he, he's going to yeah, be a safe bet. Uh, Brooks is another one I'd, I'd get. Sell high. God, I really am throwing Billing under the bus here. <laughs> I've got Billing in the, in, the, in the docket as well. Um, as I said, I anticipate him maybe getting, getting fewer starts this season. Um, but the centre mid is looking at a little bit light now that I, I kind of look at it. Him, Rothwell, and um, and the other yeah the other player in there. He's, he's one that I had written down. Sell high, probably the defenders, eh? Maybe the defenders. After a clean sheet, if they can get... Um, like a lot of, um, yeah, they're making a lot of tackles, maybe getting it forward, one or two attacking passes and a clean sheet. That could easily be, you know, 15, 16 points. Um, the next fixture they play might be Liverpool, or might be Arsenal, it might be one of the big teams. So if you can get rid of us, um, one of the defensive assets, with maybe the exception being uh, Kirkes, just because he seems to be a, a fan- fantasy darling at the moment, um, maybe, yeah, Feel free to, to get rid of the Bournemouth defensive assets, yeah. Okay. Um, so, do you have any experience with uh, FAB? Uh, basically, um, for the listeners who don't know what FAB is, uh, it's an added layer of complexity, I want to say, to doing waiver wire grabs. Um, uh, does your league play with FAB at all? So, t- to confirm my understanding, we have 300 fantasy dollars, yeah. basically, that yeah. we, we play around. Okay, so that, yeah, that's essentially what that is. Yeah, okay. So, we, we, we do have that. Okay. Um, and it's, uh, I, I'm not an expert by yeah. any means. Um, I've seen some interesting ones in the past. I've seen, yeah, 300 all in on Ronaldo when yeah. he came into the league, <laughs> yeah. which didn't, didn't work well. Yeah, I mean, he had his moments, but it didn't work out amazingly. Um, yeah, I've done some. I've had some shockers in my in the past. I think I had uh, big money on Paqueta when he first came to the yeah. league. Who uh, maybe many of your listeners did as well. Didn't really work out initially, but he's an interesting to watch with. Yeah, maybe he's going to City, right? Yeah, so, yeah, saw uh, that bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we, I, I tend to go in um, quite low on a few players. I'll get a few bids in there. Um, half of the league is still getting warmed up, so they're kind of forgetting to do it. Um, as long as you just remember, we, we run them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If, if you can remember when uh, the waiver wire is, is going on, yeah, one or two sneaky bids, yeah, you might be, yeah, might be, might be in with a good time there. Okay. So do you, do you prefer to um, spend all your cash up front or do you try and hold on to it as much as possible? Like, do you use playoffs and stuff in your league? I don't, uh, I don't think we do do the playoffs. So it's only if we're on the same same number, then they have uh, like a tiebreaker. Oh, okay, okay, who's okay, going okay. to get it? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, I, I don't. I don't know if I can. Can I use to spunk it up? Or, yes, uh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Listen, this is a very casual <laughs> podcast. You can curse if yeah, you want to. Right, as well. right, right. I, I should have confirmed that ahead of time. But yeah, um, I don't spunk all my cash um, out uh, up front. Usually, usually, uh, I tend to hold on to it. Um, Hoyland was one I, I was looking at, but with his broken spine, I'm kind of uh, yeah. a little bit more uh, hesitant. Yeah, he he went uh, ultimately for about uh, I think it was 199 in my league, wow. which is big. I mean, wow, that's big. Yeah. Um, I I think currently I got. I was feeling Perisic, so I got Perisic for for ten. Okay. Just, um, yeah. Just Cheeky punt. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For a couple of my, uh, I mean, I showed you my initial initial draft. I don't know if we'll have time to touch on that, but uh, like the you were critical of my Gallagher pickup. I ended up swapping him out just because I needed a, a goalkeeper. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We 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 do use those um, FA Fab. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you already touched on one of your trades that you mentioned. You got Hyungmin uh, Sun for Timo Werner. Um, were there any other trades and you can categorize them as your best trades worst trades do you have any highlights that are memorable to you oh, there's been a couple of shockers in there i have to say and they, they don't always they don't always work out but again there's there's so few and we've been be doing the league for so long um last season i don't think i had any i was just very adverse to to trades um to, i don't even know if i have an example to give you uh sanjeet but uh yeah it's it's always a gamble. It's always yeah. a gamble, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you never know how it's going to work out. Yeah. I, do you find that, that that's a big part of the fun of the, the community? Because I, I I like the bin. I like searching through the bin, and I'm a, a bit of a scumbag. I always have Twitter open, kind of uh, one minute before kickoff, and I'm furiously yeah. checking that. that that's, yeah. that's where I get my fun more so than from, trading than from trades. Yeah, personally. Yeah. I, I mean, I've only. <laughs> I've only done like I would say one trade in my life, and it was very successful to me. And I I, mm. 
I don't talk about it often because one of the managers I traded with is quite a an avid listener and supporter oh. of our podcast. And um, yeah, I, I feel bad because I, like um, it was, I think, Ishmael Asar for Bukayo Saka. Um, Ishmael Asar had started the season really hot, but then as soon as I made mm. the trade, he got injured and was out for a few months leading up to AFCON and all that. Bukayo Saka was flying, right? I think that's yeah, when yeah. people realized that, okay, this is definitely a kid to kind of watch out for. That was like two seasons ago, whatever. But I agree with you in the sense that I feel like you get better value out of the free agency pool or the waiver wire pickups. And if you're truly on it and you monitor assets, and I mean, if you're like, I don't want to say like an addict, but if you're checking like after every game or at the end of every game week, you look at, you know, the point output of um, all the assets that have played. And it doesn't matter how many minutes they played or whatnot. I think that is important as well, right? Let's say they play 10 minutes and they put up five points. I think that is something you should definitely take note of. And maybe mm. you you probably get, be better off picking them up instead of, you know, trading with someone that might be lowballing you that sort of way. Because like a great example for that was last season, uh, Karo Mitoma, Japanese player, mm. right? Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, I saw his, uh, and he was definitely a shout um, on our Inside Track series last season as well. Um, and I kept an eye on him, you know, it, it was in the back of my mind, okay, Mitoma, Mitoma. And um, then I saw him get some minutes here and there, and he was putting up good ghost points every appearance he played. And then it was one press conference, Deserby mentioned him or kind of bigged him up. And I was like, okay, you know what, I think maybe he's worth a grab and a stash. The rest was history. I won my league. So <laughs> I, I completely agree with your point of view in terms of maybe sometimes, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel might be a better, um, you know, better luck for you in that sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a similar story with me, uh, uh, with Mitoma. Yeah, I, I got him possibly from from the bargain bin. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, as I, I like to call it. Yeah. Um, and he was he was immense, right? He's um so beloved here in Japan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you follow baseball. Do you, do you know Otani? Shohei Otani? No, I he's don't. The, I don't. Uh, but please educate yeah. us. I would love to know. No, he's he's just an absolute icon of, of baseball. I don't follow baseball either. Cursed sport. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um he he's kind of the number one sports person, uh, Japanese sports person at the moment. Absolutely. But uh, in terms of football, yeah, more so than any of the other guys, I mean, probably even more than Kubo. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mitoma is just so exciting to watch and uh, Brighton are a, a very likable team as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got a big following. I'm seeing a lot of um, Mitoma shirts on the kids' backs these days, which is great to oh, see. Oh, that is amazing. Um, that is truly yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's class. It's, it's amazing, yeah. And I, I, um, I, yeah. He went in the second round this time, so I, I didn't get him this year, which is unfortunate. But I'm not sure if he's going to... I don't know what to expect because, like, I I don't know if his output is sustainable. And, yes, he was, like, getting an assist or scoring goals every now and then. But I did notice a slight fluctuation in his ghost points. Mm. So, with all these new additions at Brighton as well, they're in Europe. Surely, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, it's their first time in Europe. They're probably going to try and prioritize that competition or that journey Mm. a bit more than the EPL so I'm not sure what his impact will be what his points output will be but I mean I'm still very excited to witness their journey um they they've done fantastic business they're a great club to follow as well and yeah excited to just watch Mitoma I mean who doesn't want to follow a guy that did his what was it thesis on the ability to dribble past somebody, right? It's like, absolutely. I, I, I know that, that that drives uh, uh, Twitter users up the wall because I think that's a bit of a misconception. And he's gone on to say that, oh, that's, uh, I didn't do that. I was just in a class <laughs> and I was a lazy student. Just said, uh, stop, stop tweeting, retweeting that article. I know he hates that story. Oh, uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that's a brilliant lie, if anything. Like, um... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's funny. What, well, it's, it's very, um, it's very retweetable, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, anyway, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Final thing is, um, what lessons have you learned over the past few seasons uh, that you can maybe take into your upcoming season that would help you out, or just general advice you'd want to share with the community? Right, right. It's nothing, nothing too groundbreaking. I'm sure you've got some absolute pros listing, but I, I tend to stay away from like the the CDMs. I guess they don't bring a whole lot of yeah. points in. It might might be safe for like a like a set seven, six or seven points, but I tend to stay away from them. Um, I'm very, I don't know if you run leagues or if uh, like a fantasy purist does the um, injured reserve spot, but uh, we do, we have, we've got one spot there. I, I'm just very on the money with that. I've always got that full with someone, always get someone in there um, and don't be afraid to drop them and bring someone else in as well. I, I just kind of abuse that uh, a lot, which gets me some some grief in the chat. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's something to consider. And just be on the money with, with your pickups, like um, 
yeah, I, I always use Twitter, just have the official lineups as soon as they come out and just be on the money with your pickups. That can make, make all the difference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, to kind of touch on like being able to grab players quickly, I'm not sure if you you are aware of this and other listeners, but as a reminder, uh, if you go on the Fantrax app, there's a filter called starting and you're, let's say you're trying to find your players frantically, right? It's good to just flick that on. Then all the players that have the green ticks in the game will only show up in your filtered list. And that's much easier than, you know, flipping through 10 to 15 pages of players and, you know, you're seeing X's or no status indications, right? So just, you know, it's a good reminder of that. And with respect to IR spots, so a lot of the community leagues, they don't utilize that. Um, In our home league, we do. I think it's quite important because, especially having gone through the pandemic as well, um, I thought that was probably one of the most important times to have an IR spot because if they had COVID, mm-hmm. you you know what are you gonna do with your first, let's say your first, second, third, fourth picks all had COVID mm-hmm. and they couldn't play? Like you'd be absolutely screwed. You wouldn't want to be dropping them, right? So I I think yes, if possible, leagues should be flexible. I know not all believe in that, but yeah, I I am a strong believer. I think IR spots it it helps keep things a bit friendlier in in your league as well right uh less likely for some manager to have an outburst about how unlucky their season has gone with their player status and stuff like that and your ability to keep a you know a highly ranked player or a player that you drafted in round one or round two and like for example um gabriel jesus right would have gotten gone early christopher in kunku now he's out for three months imagine how valuable an ir spot would be especially having you know spent early rounds trying to get these guys so i i am totally on board with that patrick i completely agree yeah yeah it's, it's a great point yeah I, I would say i'm not sure if it's just my league or if it's, it's a, a fan tracks issue at the moment but i know um i was able to pick up five or six it seems seemingly an endless amount of players <laughs> that, that might be your spot. league i've never had yeah, that <laughs> yeah I, right it's it's only from from this time yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah. Might, might want to double check yeah that, but um as long as you get them out of your team um it's kind of against the the sporting yeah uh, yes yes i mean vibes basically all i'm hearing is that you're just a very clever uh manager (laughs) that i should be wary of if i were ever in a league together yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm I'm a perennial kind of cup run manager i am last year was i think might have been in all of the eight years it might have been my first time to win the league outright oh wow congratulations congratulations yeah yeah um so i'm I was yeah every trick in the book yeah yeah, not reminding my friends you might want to check your lineup now none of those friendly messages (laughs) pure competition in in it to win it Yeah, yeah love it all right listeners so those are the picks that is the pod thank you so much for tuning in for yet another episode Patrick it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you chatting everything Bournemouth thank you so much for staying up at ridiculous hours or being awake I want to say at ridiculous hours we would love to hear you uh, we would love to hear from you later on in the season as well if you're keen um, you know not only to chat Bournemouth but to also hear about how your season's going and how you're defending your title um, mm-hmm. so yeah I mean on that note listeners stay tuned we've got two more clubs to come are we gonna do this you i guess you'll just have to keep an eye out and uh keep your ears open so we'll catch you on the next one peace